Well, did you hear my cries of hallelujah when the 30 days of silence were over? I was in Chicago, but it was pretty loud. Well, there are lots of blessings on my 30-day retreat, but also challenges. And honestly, I'm so glad to be home. I've discovered I'm not called to be alone. It hit me about halfway through the retreat that the graces that I was receiving aren't just for me, but they're also for all of you. So in time, I want to share more and more of the graces from the retreat. I'm not going to try to download everything upon you tonight that I experienced on our 30-day retreat. First, I want to just begin with gratitude. I'm so thankful to Archbishop Nauman for allowing me this time of way. And I'm thankful to all of you for your generosity and your prayers. I prayed for you on my retreat. I left with confidence because we have such a great staff. I'm so thankful for our staff here at St. Michael. And we are blessed with two awesome new associate pastors, Father Luke and Father Edward. We all know Father Luke is a great teacher, preacher. Father Edward has had so much spiritual formation and has so much to offer to us. So excited to hear. Well, there are many things to share about the retreat tonight. I just want to share one thing. The spiritual director of the whole retreat, he told us, your enemy is never another human being. Let that sink in. Your enemy is never another human being. The devil is not, that Jesus is not against us. Jesus didn't come to condemn us. He came to save us. Jesus loves each human person. And so as disciples of Jesus, like, like the Lord, our enemy is not human humanity. Our enemy is not one another. What and who is the enemy of Jesus? Sin. The devil who sows doubt, unbelief, unforgiveness. And we consume it hook, line, and sinker. And so a lot of the times, when we give way to that doubt and unbelief and unforgiveness, the enemy is within us. Now we see that played out in Elijah. In our first reading. What's happening? Jezebel is trying to kill him. And so Elijah flees into the desert and he collapses under this broom tree. He says, it's enough, Lord, just kill me. You're going to make me die. Jezebel is not his enemy. A human being is not our enemy. The enemy of Elijah is his own doubt. He thinks God has abandoned him. That God isn't going to provide for him. You know, it's helpful just to know the whole context here. I find like as Catholics, we need to go over Bible stories. I had to go back myself and read First Kings about the story of Elijah. So what's happening? A terrible king arose in Israel, King Ahab, whose wife was Jezebel. And they're lured into pagan worship. In fact, 
Ahab sets up a temple and an altar to the pagan god Baal. And he leads the Israelites into false worship. And so God sends Elijah to confront Ahab. A prophet is meant to speak the words of God and call people back to fidelity to the covenant. And so Elijah comes to Ahab and says, because you're leading people into false worship, there's going to be a drought. And then Elijah got out of town. He fled. And you know what? God provided for him. God sent ravens to deliver food to Elijah and led Elijah along the Wadi River so he would have something to drink in the drought. God provided. And then when the Wadi dried up during the drought, God led Elijah to the widow of Zarephath. You know the story. She and her son are down to their final bit of flour and oil. And Elijah comes and says, bake me a cake. And she says, all I have left is enough for one cake. And Elijah prophesies, your jar of flour won't go empty. Your jug of oil will not run dry. And Elijah stayed there for a year. Miraculously, God provided. Okay. Three years go by and Ahab has not turned away from pagan worship. So we have the final showdown. Elijah goes back to town and he says, okay, you round up all of your prophets of Baal and meet me up on Mount Carmel. And so here's 450 prophets of Baal and the one prophet of God, Elijah. And Elijah said, we're going to have a final test. You prepare a sacrifice and all prepare a sacrifice. You call on Baal, all call on God, and whoever answers and consumes the sacrifice will be revealed as the true God. And so the 450 prophets of Baal begin dancing around, calling on Baal, and nothing happens because there is no God Baal. And then Elijah calls on the living and true God and his sacrifice is consumed immediately. And then Elijah, to protect the people of God from this false worship, orders that these false prophets are to be killed. Now Ahab and Jezebel are not happy that 450 prophets of Baal are killed. So Jezebel says, I'm going to kill you. And so... She begins running after Elijah. And that's where we are in your reading today. He collapses under the broom tree. Now, Elijah has spiritual amnesia. How many times do we forget? Look, God provided for Elijah with the ravens. God provided for Elijah with the widow of Zarephath. And now he thinks God has abandoned him. Who's the enemy of Elijah? It's not Jezebel. His enemy is his own unbelief, his own doubts. He doesn't think God is going to take care of him. Dr. Gray Bartaro wrote the book Mindful Catholic, and he says, The moment one learns to doubt, difficulties begin. Our lives begin without much complication until we start to worry if everything is really going to be okay. 
I don't know about you, but I can identify with Elijah. I forget and I doubt. I had 30 days of solitude, 30 days to review my own life. And you know what was revealed? This core wound that in my heart, I really don't totally trust God as my loving Father who will always save me and provide for me. And so you know what I do? I kind of look to myself for security, and I think, oh, well, I better do this, and this, and this, and this, just to cover my bases. My own self-reliance. My spiritual director, he took my security blanket away and asked me to do some things in trust and I came back the next day and I said, I feel kind of like Linus and you just took my blanket. <laughs> it was tough. Father Ricardo says the number one lie promulgated by the devil is that God really isn't our loving father. All the lies of the devil can be boiled down to this. You can't really trust God. This is the primal fear of humanity, that God's gonna allow us to die. He won't save us, he's not really our father. If you've arrived here today like Elijah, saying, Lord, I'm at the end of my rope, I invite you to just leave all of your doubt, your worry, your discouragement, your brokenness, your sin here at the altar today. Put it in the patent with the bread and we offer it to our Father. We relate it to the Father tonight. Let's be honest. We don't come here to offer our self-righteousness and say, Well, God, this week I have um, five days of fasting that I want to offer to you. And the ten novenas I pray. The only way we do good is the work of God in us. What we offer is our poverty our weakness, our doubts, our unbelief. We offer all that stuff up to God today. In closing, there's always a connection, remember, between the first reading and the gospel. What's the connection? God did provide for Elijah. Remember, he looks up, and there's a hearth cake and a jug of water. Why did you doubt Elijah? God provides for us much more than a hearth cake and a jug of water. He provides His very own Son, Jesus, who is the bread of life. Right here, body, blood, soul, and divinity, we encounter Jesus, and He is so humble, He's become our food for our journey to sustain us. Would you receive Jesus tonight? Invite Jesus to have dominion over all of your enemies. Not, not people out there who you think are chasing after you. All of your enemies inside that you cling to, all your doubts, your worries, all your brokenness. Jesus, you have dominion over all my enemies.